2: Welcome in, Rob Black, and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking, getting you to your retirement. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. You either love this market or you hate it. And so far this year, many people have hated it. There's not much in between these days when we rock it one way or another. Trading action has been what's referred to as polarizing from one day to the next, to the next. Sometimes from one hour to the next, to the next. Thursday was a good case in point with bank concerns slamming things early. And the OPEC production cut speculation, jazz, and things up by the end of the day. Saudi Arabia is in a interesting position. They don't really like Iran. And last year, the world kind of made peace with Iran and said, oh, okay, we'll give you some, we'll lift some sanctions here if you be good there. Nuclear this, nuclear that. So Iran's now able to pump oil into the market again. Saudi Arabia likes being the big boy. Headline catalyst for the dip- disposition of positivity out there is oil today. Saudi Arabia doesn't want to cut until they can somehow be sure that Iran's going to cut and not dump oil on the markets. So Saudi Arabia is kind of playing a little bit of a, you know, we'd like to cut, but we'll talk about it later. So today, we're in a happy mood, happy, happy, joy, joy, right? Uh, because oil's higher. It's that kind of simple. What a weird market mover. <laughs> Every year, I'm fascinated by the stories that come out that you would never have seen coming. Um, and you look at like the strength in ExxonMobil recently. Versus the destruction of value in the price of oil. You'd be like, how is that possible? ExxonMobil's been a rocking star. Awesome star this year. Um, So, JP, no, look, speak English, Rob. We saw better than expected earnings from Commerce Bank and news that JP Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon bought 500,000 shares of JP Morgan stock for roughly $26 million. How cool would that be? You tell your broker, I want to buy a... 500,000 shares. And he's like, you sure you got a check for 26 million? I'm good. I'm good. January retail sales report has been another supportive influence. It was better than expected. Retail sales were pretty good, to be quite honest with you. Let me stop there for Uno momentero, which for those of you who don't know, is Spanish for one moment. Uno momentero. I know some people who actually know Spanish are going to correct me on that, but that's okay. That's okay. Consumer spending appeared to regain a little bit of momentum in January. Households ramped up purchases of a variety of goods in a hopeful sign that the eco- economic growth was picking up. So, woohoo, oil's higher. Woohoo, we're spending a little bit more at retail. Now, keep in mind, the JOLTS report showed that people are quitting their jobs, expecting to get higher-paying jobs. Woohoo, higher wages. Woohoo, retail. Woohoo, oil woo Jamie Dimon buying $26 million of his own stock, saying basically, enough's enough. I see some value here. I work in this business. I'm kind of of the CEO of the company. You might have heard of us. So you saw Starks open higher, but they have given up some of the gains, not all the gains. We're still in the green, but not for long. Back to the markets. Um, So the, the retail sales numbers were pretty good. Uh, They increased at what we wanted them to, up two-tenths of a percent, but then you start getting into some kind of funky areas, okay, where sales, when you exclude autos, increased one-tenth of a percent. You start thinking about autos, and you're like, people are putting a lot of of that auto on credit, right? We are a nation that uses a lot of credit. January gains were logged on top of an upwardly revised two-tenths of a percent increase for total sales in December, so December was a little bit better than we thought. Gasoline sales were a notable drag, declining 3.1% after a, a half a percent decline in December. What's interesting to note about that is that actually helps the U.S. consumer because they're spending less on gasoline. But gasoline retail sales do count on retail sales, right? I went by, um, I think it's Arco, Arco today. Yeah, the, I hate them because they only take debit cards. And I don't use a debit card. Who uses debit cards? Losers. As Trump would say, you're a loser. Anyone who's using a debit card is kind of financially retarded. They're a little bit slow. They're hurting themselves. They're exposing themselves to more risk, and they're not helping their financial assets grow. You should use a credit card that has 2% rewards or 1.5% rewards. That credit card where the black guy yells at you, you should use my card. Use that card if you want. That's only 1.5%, but you should use that card. Um. What else do we have here? Oh, so the the, the retail sales, including autos, like there's some components in retail sales that you don't like to see. Like, oh, auto sales were up. Americans put on another $50,000 of debt into their their household, but they get to drive a nice hooptie. I know you're saying, Rob, do you drive a hooptie? I do. I do. When I drive by, girls say hello. I say hello in my hooptie. Um, let's see, core retail sales, which exclude auto, gasoline, and materials, building materials. Because again, building materials, you're thinking about that and you're going, okay, why is that in retail sales? It's a good question. But when you exclude all of that, um, the number was up four tenths of a percent in January after being flat in December. So, um, the business inventories report for December and the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Report um are out and those are numbers that we're looking at in large part to give us just a little more color speaking of color pastiest woman on the planet jenny Yellen was talking to congress yesterday um i don't think it's going well for her like she's getting to the point now when there was a point whenever um uh, uh bush um george w bush whenever he would talk the markets would tank like there was a real moment uh Anytime he would come on TV, like markets are consumer sentiment weekends in February. So says the University of Michigan says, so says they says, I don't know. I can't make this stuff up. 30 year treasury yield loses one basis point. sits at 2.5%. That's been, I think that's been the real story of the year is the 10 year treasury yield is down 25% this year. Now I know you're saying, what is the 10 year treasury yield? It's just kind of a gauge to me of of people's fear. The lower it goes, it tells you the more dollars are plowing into it. So it started the year at two point three percent and it's dropped down to one point six percent yesterday. Today it's at one point seven percent that that just is way too low. it's It's great for mortgages, and we'll talk about that for sure. Um, it's great for corporates borrowing money, like Cisco to borrow money to pay for their dividend and their stock buybacks. Great. Great, because that rate is used to, you know, start formulating rates that you get when borrowing money. Um, but it's not good. So, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Pick up the phone, give me a call. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. Coming up, it's Barracuda Hockey. Take a break here. We'll be right back.
1: Your San Jose Barracuda hockey updates.
2: Let's talk a little ice hockey, a little San Jose Barracuda. They're the AHL affiliate who plays in the same exact arena as the NHL San Jose Sharks. So they're kind of like the minor league team. A lot of professional players on it, a lot of soon-to-be Sharks. It's super exciting. I've been to a couple games this year. Uh, Great family atmosphere, incredibly affordable tickets. You can pick up tickets at sjbarracuda.com. If you have nothing to do this weekend or you want something exciting to do, put a little spice in your Valentine's Day, pick up tickets to a game this weekend. There's two games this weekend. I'll hit a little bit more on that in Uno Momentaro. Let's bring in Brian Lurg, American it's going great. It's good to talk to you. I saw you a couple weeks ago. You won't remember this, but you basically said I had a big head because the helmet wouldn't fit on my skull. <laughs> I thought that was really cute. You came over to me and my my family, and you uh, and you basically bust my chops in front of my kids, and um, it was very very sweet.
3: That's hilarious. Uh, great, for thanks for having me.
2: Um, it's great to have you. Um, so you're an ice hockey forward. You went to Michigan State. You won a national championship there. You basically were drafted, and you've bounced around a couple organizations. What, what's that like, the whole bouncing around organizations? Because um, it's got to be opportunistic, but it's also got to be a little frustrating.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, I was a free agent, so I signed with Edmonton out of college, and then kind of bounced around uh, Pittsburgh and Colorado's organizations. But, um, no, it's it's definitely different being a free agent rather than someone who's been drafted. Um some of these guys have been with the same organization for five years, you know, when they get drafted and they're doing development camps and different things like that. So bouncing around for me is uh, nothing new, but, you um, know, I've enjoyed every experience so far, and it's uh, great to have hockey out here in San Jose for uh, minor league.
2: And you're American-born, right?
3: Yeah, Michigan.
2: So that's pretty cool. You've seen probably American hockey develop at an incredible pace with the skills and number of players in HL and such, uh, so congratulations on that.
3: Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, no, it's just been a lot of fun to play a sport that you love and you know get paid for it. It's been great.
2: It is pretty cool. So you're the captain of the Barracudas. Um, yeah. What do you, what what makes you a captain? What makes you captain material in in their eyes? Do you think?
3: Um, I think just kind of lead by example, um, on and off the ice with these guys. There's a lot of young players in this league. Uh, we there's you know guys that are ten years younger than me, <laughs> so trying to film the ropes a little bit and, um, you know, kind of just how to be a pro compared to, you know, it's different when you come from major junior or college and you're making uh, macaroni and cheese dinners every night and, you know, not, not really thinking much about, you know, say the nutrition side or the fitness side or something like that. So just things that, you know, you want to help, you know, guide these young guys, uh, you know, to be, you know, the best players they can be.
2: So that may down the road, get you into coaching because, uh, you kind of have that lead by example leadership already going right now. You scored your hundredth AHL goal this past Wednesday on the same exact night that Roy Sommer hit his record breaking six hundred thirty seventh win, so it was kind of a momentous occasion for both of you. What's it like playing for Roy?
3: It's a blast. Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot of fun. You know, Roy makes it fun going to the rank every morning. Um, you know, he's he's a, he's a funny coach. You come to the rink and you'll get some good wisecracks out of him, but but overall as a coach behind the bench, you know, he's, you know, he takes over the bench and, you know, I think that's why he's had success. These uh, players play hard for him. He gets the best out of
2: all of his players. You've played a couple of games in the NHL. So it's kind of like um, pretty exciting when you get that opportunity and you've kind of risen to the occasion. You got one goal in two games. So why not a little more time with the Sharks, do you think?
3: I uh, You know, it's, uh, you know, last year was great to get that opportunity to play a couple of games and then you know, we've got a chance this year, but been up and down a little bit to play about six games total this year at the Sharks. So it's, uh, it's, you know, you know, it's been there at times, but, you know, you also have to wait for anchors and a lot of this time timing as well. So just go down and play, you know, in the minors and do the best I can and, sh- you know, show that I want to get back to the Sharks.
2: Speaking with Brian Lurg, captain of the AHL Bear, San Jose Barracuda. They play in the same exact building as the Sharks. It's pretty exciting, pretty great opportunity for you. You once played in Stockton, and that has to be pretty horrific compared to playing in San Jose. Do you like the the AHL affiliate with an NHL team in a big city like San Jose?
3: Yeah, I think it's great. I think the players like it. The management likes it. It, They can watch over us even more. And, uh, you know, when someone's playing well down here, it's just, you know, a quick walk across the hallway to the other side. So I think uh, everyone's really fortunate to have, you know, both teams here in one spot because, you know, last year guys getting called up. It's a you know about a six-hour flight from Massachusetts, so I think it's a it's a great fit for everyone. I believe.
2: I think hockey has three seasons. It's the first season is up until the All Star Game. It's good. The second season from the All Star Game to the playoffs is great, and then the playoffs mm-hmm. playoffs are just fantastic. There's nothing better. Um, no, I, yeah, for sure. So you're in the you're in that stretch run now. You got 24 games left. You're you're in a playoff spot. You got to maintain that position, but. Uh, who's ahead of you in it and how tough is it going to be to get, you know, a higher seed per se?
3: Um, Well, you know, it's Ontario's kind of, uh, ran away with our division a little bit here. So they've, uh, had our number as of late, but nice to beat them last game. And, uh, you know, I think we're just, we're in the thick of things there with Texas and Bakersfield, Stockton and San Diego. Everyone's right in the mix right there. So it's, uh, it's going to come down to the wire. I wouldn't be surprised if it comes down to the last game of the season. So it's, uh, it's exciting, and that's you know why we play. It's a lot of fun, and um, we're really excited about this little push here, trying to get ourselves into the playoffs.
2: Thanks very much, Brian. It's Brian Lurg with the San Jose Barracuda. Two games this weekend, um, both of them afternoon games, i.e., matinees. Awesome to take your family, your kids, even take your neighbors' kids. Once you go to one hockey game, and it could literally be the, the Pee Wee Midgets, you're hooked. But this is in this case, it's the AHL San Jose Barracuda. Uh, Lurg's played for the Sharks this year Lurg is, you know, kind of a two-way type of player Captain, uh, not an offensive juggernaut But pretty strong offensive player Um, San Jose Rampage uh, San Jose Barracuda play the Rampage On Saturday at 115 They play the um Condors, I believe On Sunday at 3 So Valentine's Day What better gift for your Valentine's Day Take her to a hockey game Maybe she catches a puck in her, in her mouth Loses uh, a tooth that is romance, hockey romance for sure. SJBarracuda.com. It's SJBarracuda.com. Get your tickets at Um Good luck to Brian Lurk. Um, when he says he leads by example, it's true. When he's on the ice, he actually comes over and talks to kids. He comes over and talks to the coach. Like It's pretty cool when you see that guy who gets it, and he's not you know, self-consumed. But then again, I think most hockey players get it. Um, if you've ever seen like Brent Burns from the Sharks Talk, um, he's just—he's a family guy, and he's you know from Canada, and he can't believe he gets paid a lot of money to play a sport that he loves. That he'd probably play for free, um, but he's got the God-given talents to play for a, a nice salary per se. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls here. Um, I do give away tickets on a regular basis to the Barracuda, uh, but tickets are cheap. Uh, They're very family affordable, and the thing that I love about it the most again is you can go to a game, and if you have to pee, you don't wait in line. And if you need a beer, the lines are like three or four people deep, not 10 to 15 people deep. It's a pretty good experience. So parking's no fun. But other than that, I don't have a bad thing to say about the Barracuda experience. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Facebook, in my opinion, is the new Apple. And that happens in sports, and it happens in the world of stocks. The company that you love that was the leader sometimes passes the torch. That's a good thing, not a bad thing. Look at baseball. Matt Cain passed the torch to uh, Madison Baumgartner. Kind of get the idea. Same thing with stocks. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.
1: online at robblack.com Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW
2: I'm Rob Black Money, 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 money Invested in more Facebook I own shares of of Visa. I didn't mean to say that. I said it, but I didn't mean to say that. I own shares of Apple, and I own shares of Facebook. (laughs) Facebook stock has not held on to some of the gains that they had after they recently reported earnings, but I feel comfortable saying that they're the new Apple as far as go back in memory and see who's up in a down market, go back in memory and see who has the best chance to have a nice run. Um, Back in 2011... When NASDAQ was down 9%, Apple was up 17%. So you continue to watch these kind of issues. Um, I could easily see Facebook going to 130 $135 a share. It's not going to be the wild runaway success story that Apple was, but it, that's pretty good, especially in a market that I don't feel terribly comfortable with, nor do you. Uh, Facebook is widely recognized as a must-own large-cap growth stock in the tech sector. Exceptional results punctuate that view. Advertising spending declines in a recessionary environment, Um, sure. Expect the digital shares, though, to gain, to accelerate, not to decelerate. Facebook will be the biggest beneficiary of any allocation shift that goes that direction. Ad dollars are certainly cyclical, but allocation migrates to the best-performing mediums faster when budgets are cut. Allocation does not typically return during the recovery. Um, Facebook has a solid pipeline of under-monetized assets and the luxury to nurture these opportunities. Instagram is continuing to ramp up, and they're not really paying, they're not really focusing on you know, maximizing its profitability. Marketers appear to be frustrated by the limited availability of ad inventory at Instagram. Messaging platforms have meaningful engagement, but monetization seems to be on the back burner for them at this point in time. I don't like their new messenger, but that's not going to stop me from saying that I own shares of Facebook. And again, I feel pretty comfortable with that. I don't tell you everything I own because I don't want you to be me. I try to tell you when I buy things for the reasons that I buy them. Um, you know, I did buy Cisco last week. Um, basically, I think it's a must-buy at 10 times earnings. It's cheap. not like like um, Apple at this point in time. It's cheap. Cisco raised its quarterly dividend by a nickel. Uh, put in its yield comfortably above 4%. It said it would repurchase about $15 million in stock. Some guys, you know, they like blondes. I personally am partial to the the redhead or the strawberry blonde. And I don't even know if that's true. Maybe I'm just making that up. But, um, I like buybacks. I like dividends. I like dividends a lot. Um, I could easily see Cisco going to $30 a share. So stellar execution despite a challenging backdrop. Management went into a lot of detail in the quarter on the conference call. Uh, upbeat news about next-generation routing products, which rose 5%. They're all about the cloud. They're all about the cloud, about the cloud. So you got a nice outperform rating on the stock for most analysts. Um, sturdy. It's typically not a good word to describe a woman. She looks sturdy, but it's a great word to describe stock. That stock is sturdy. Visa bought nearly a 10% stake in Jack Dorsey's company Square. I like Visa. Um, Visa is a major shareholder in Square now. So they snapped up nearly 10% interest, and that's going to make um, San Francisco's uh basically the second biggest shareholder. Visa's been working on a payment services technology of its own, including Visa Paywave, which allows users to pass a card over a terminal to record a payment. Square went public in November. Woman who cuts my hair uses Square and I've seen a lot of small merchants use Square. I think that's that's genius. Um I think more and more people should. So and again they make money on the transaction and that's beautiful. Beautiful thing. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Valentine's Day. Uh, Great, great day to celebrate a partner. Uh, Valentine's Day in my life are miserable, lonely experiences. Um, There's no celebration. Try to gauge the cost of the holiday. Uh, It can be kind of tough. Would you be my Valentine? Index. Um it ain't cheap. So and it's one of those holidays again that be cautious on how you spend your money. So I I flowers I think flowers are a horrible, horrible, horrible idea. We're gonna cut these things, they're gonna die and you're gonna spend upwards of a hundred dollars. Does that make any sense at all? Like if you were to explain that business model to a kindergartner It wouldn't work. So why not keep the flowers alive, Mom? Oh, no. I want Daddy to go cut them. They're going to die, just like our love. $100. Now, again, I'm not saying I'm cheap. If I can get you a $100 savings bond versus $100 a flower, wouldn't you really like a nice savings bond? Keep you warm at night. Yes? Yes? Are you with me? I know you're saying you are Mr. Romance. Yes, I am. 800 516 1220. Teach calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, Netflix is in the news. They've completed their move to the cloud, and it's a big win for Amazon. Netflix has completed its, its move. So the process, which started seven years ago, means Netflix no longer uses its own data centers to host its video services and will now use just Amazon Web Services, which is run by Amazon. Now, hold on. Doesn't Netflix compete with Amazon with Prime? Television service? Yes. Um, Netflix will also use some Google services for its archives. I know you're saying, Rob, I like the way you say yes. Yes? If you want to steal that from me, you're more than welcome to. Netflix accounts for about 40% of the total internet bandwidth at peak times. Can you imagine that? So tonight at 8 o'clock time television time when you're sitting down on your tukish, you're sitting on your couch and you're eating corn chips. of the bandwidth is going straight to Netflix. That's flying around your head. Uh, YouTube, about 15%. That's pretty powerful. I think YouTube is kind of um, underrated as far as a uh, medium that people are watching television or people are watching clips on. Um, Typically at lunchtime, I eat by myself because I don't like people. Um, But it's that point in time where I'll I'll watch the funny clips from Fallon or Kimmel or... Uh, Stephen Colbert, and then I don't actually have to watch real TV. So I'm one of those people who's using YouTube as a TV. Are you with me or against me? company's DVD business at Netflix is going to still use Netflix's own data centers. The company has about 4.5 million subscribers to its DVD service, down from 13 million in 2011. Good. People have cut that waste of uh, shipping. Microsoft and Amazon are engaged in a street battle over the services market. Uh, web services, which brings in about $6.3 billion for Microsoft last quarter. So, and about $2 billion for Amazon last year. Fascinating stuff. Don't you like the 21st century? Like, we could honestly say, like, the DVD business is dying. So, I only buy things on extreme sale. So, I recently, I haven't had a new TV in seven or eight years. I know you're saying, did you, Rob? Did you? Did you? Yes, I did splurge for a TV. But you know what killed me? I got a $1,700 TV for $900 because it's last year's model, and they're trying to get rid of them during the Super Bowl. Um, what killed me is that damn cable. An HDMI cable is $99. Like, that's one-tenth of the TV. <clears throat> that's a racket. If you and I could start that business, we should start that business because that is a racket. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Um So Visa Buy is ten percent of square, and the reason I like that story is because they're continuing to innovate. They already have a payment system, but they're already starting to see some of the disruptors of the payment system. They don't want to lose out. And I like it when companies do things like that. Um always try to figure out, you know, the mathematics of what a company's doing and or not doing. Zynga, here's a company that made no sense. Farmville. And they came publicly traded, right? Why is a company that does Farmville virtual cows? I know you're saying, Rob, did your ex just call in? Nope. Nope. Sounded like it, though, right? So Zynga makes virtual uh, cows. And they came public. And I just didn't get it. Because to me, like, are you going to make virtual cow 2.0? Maybe, I guess. And the same company that made... um. Candy Crush came public, where you're like, why? Okay, Candy Crush was a little on the addicting side. I got it. You know, I got up to 160 levels. and I, I I would only play it, like, on flights. Like, I wasn't addicted to it. I wasn't taking up quality time for it. Um, but Zynga slightly beat expectations, but users are continuing to flee Zynga. They had an ambitious slate with 10 games to be launched this year, but it's consistently overpromised and under-delivered. Um... And they just can't get that Zynga uh, Farmville magic back. Speaking of loving, losing that love and feeling. um, company that, in my opinion, should never have been publicly traded. There's no sense in it. There's no sense. Um, and now like, it's just broken. I love that term, broken. <laughs> it's so graphic, right? You broke me. Rob Black, you broke me. 52-week range three dollars to a buck eighty-five. I said it's 52-week low right now. Yuck! No thanks. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.
1: You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW.
2: I'm Rob Black. Money, investing, in more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about? MySpace was acquired by... You remember MySpace, right? Think, think about it for just a second. Think about MySpace. Think about MySpace. Remember the days and, you know, hey, I'm your friend. It's kind of a, a pre-Facebook kind of thing. Time Magazine. 94-year-old Time Magazine picks up MySpace. The owner of Time, Fortune, and People Magazines has acquired Viant, which is the parent company of MySpace. They're trying to say it's game-changing. I'm kind of saying, me eh, it is what it is, I guess. At one point in time, MySpace was bought by Rupert Murdoch for about a billion dollars, and now it's scooped up for about $35 million in the last transaction in 2011. And I have to imagine that it's you know considerably smaller than that, even though the company that owns MySpace, Viant, has data on more than one billion registered users. So now not all of them have kept the same email address from their MySpace days. It's, I still see those AOL email addresses, and they crack me up, seeing someone with an AOL. Um, but a billion people is a billion people, and maybe that's not really a billion people. Maybe that's 300 million people. Maybe it's 10 people. But you get the idea... What will Time Magazine do with Viant and MySpace? Probably some targeted ad delivery to optimal audiences. So that's the, the best case scenario that you want to say out loud. Uh, does it always play out like that? <laughs> no. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air, but I find that I'm not going to say ironic, but isn't, doesn't death just suck? You live your whole life. You get to like 92 you lose the ability to, to poop you have to wear a diaper you can't hear anything you're the most annoying person on the planet to the people that you love and then you just die So my space it feels like they're pooping themselves and no one really likes them and they just die um 800 516 calls on the air there's a big story this weekend And when you hear a headline like this, I just, damn it, I really, really want you to start thinking of everything you can to see money stories in everything. Millions of Americans across the Northeast should brace for what could be the coldest temperatures in over a decade this Valentine's Day weekend. So it's going to be cold. The National Weather Service said it is a life-threatening icy blast set to arrive in the region Saturday, but the coldest air would not arrive until Sunday morning. A lot of babies are going to be made on Valentine's Day this year. When it's cold, people like to bundle up. When people bundle up, they like to touch each other. When they touch each other, whoa, next thing you know, baby pops out. So Boston's forecast of a low, negative two. Looks kind of balmy compared to Hartford at negative nine. Uh, Worcester, Massachusetts, coming in at negative 11. That's pretty cold. The last time there was a real good cold story that I liked was the girl who went to a party, and uh, she leaves the party at 2 in the morning, and it's really, really cold out. It's like 10 degrees. I want to say this was in Minnesota, and she basically froze to death because she was wearing shorts. Like, do people really freeze to death in this day and age? Yeah, I guess they do. Um, so I see, I see stories and to me, that's just uh, people be, be being stupid. But this one, I, I see, this is going to be so cold. Do you think people are going to say, ooh, honey, let's go out and shop for a car. Or people are going to say, I want to stay in and watch TV. People are going to stay in. So it's going to hurt retail sales. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Let's see who we have on the phones jeff in livermore
4: hi rob so i've been kind of just now listening to you for the last you know few weeks um more more and more um and i and i love your show i haven't heard you talk about um gold and silver yet although the call screener says you've talked about it a few times and i just i'm just curious with with this you know sort of looking like things are kind of bottoming out and Maybe starting to go back up again in the gold and silver markets. Like, what you think about the, the long term investment, uh, you know, for your long term investor? How old are you? Oh, uh, how old am I? Yeah. Oh, 42.
2: Okay. Do you own any gold or silver?
4: You know, just recently I started buying up some silver again. I'm, I don't have a ton of money to throw around in terms of buying, you know, gold bullion, but, um, a few years ago, I I bought when it was low, and then I sold when it was high, which was kind of fun, and and um, so now I've started acquiring some again.
1: If so. you
2: th- Okay, and thanks for the call. If you think the U.S. economy is going to go to hell, you probably want to buy some gold. I don't think that's the case. If we were to travel back in time 1,500 years, and me and you are hanging out on the, the square, and the queen were to come up to us and say, young men... Go to the old country and find me, or go to the new country and find me some gold. Uh, Yeah, let's go slaughter off some Indians and bring back gold to the the queen. That's what happened. (laughs) You may not like it, but that's what happened. Chris Columbus wasn't the nicest person. Um, I'm not a big fan of gold. Gold to me is, first and foremost, there's a huge markup when you buy it. There's a huge markup when you sell it. Now, if you buy it as an ETF, that's slightly different. But if you're buying from the crazy guy who does the Republican show who doesn't do radio but has a radio network – oh, yeah, Glenn Beck. If you're buying it because he's crazy and ranting and raving about it, he's trying to sell you gold coins that have a 40% markup. You're not going to make any money on that. Um, I don't think you need gold at age 42. Um, I think right now I would take a look at companies – that have value tied towards them, I think you're going to do much better. Gold doesn't have a job. Gold is a precious metal. Yes, it's a worst-case scenario kind of play. I, I, I'm i not even talking silver. I hate silver. Um, so there you go at that. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money investing, and more.
1: Savvy investors know where to...